Hello, everybody. This is Josh Neighbors from the Locked On Nationals podcast. I hope everybody out there is staying safe. Please adhere to the CDC guidelines. Please social distance during these difficult times and follow all the rules. To those of you who are essential employees out there, we really appreciate what you guys do. Doctors, nurses, grocery store workers, truck drivers, whatever it is, whatever you are doing, if you are out there right now, we appreciate you and we hope that this provides a little bit of an escape. I know we have not done an episode in a while. That's because we had so much content coming out that we wanted to give you guys some time to actually catch up on it. Uh, A lot of that stuff came out in late March. I'll highlight it right now. The first four parts of our 2019 Nationals rewatch are up. Four games from the regular season. We've got a fifth one coming as well, too. And the last five we're going to do are all postseason games. So we're going to start off with a wild card game here coming up pretty soon and then go through the rest of the postseason, the five biggest wins uh, in the Nationals postseason run um, to the to the World Series ta- championship. Also, the first five parts of our prospect preview are out as well, too. You can find those in the podcast feed. You can find both of those things I just mentioned in the podcast feed. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I wanted to alert that uh, alert you guys to that as well. So make sure you check out those two things, the prospect previews and our Nats 2019 rewatch. That series continues. The Nats prospect previews is about to conclude. Uh, not tonight, though. Tonight, joining me is Connor Jones. We've got a lot to get to because the hottest commodity right now, it seems like the first team sport that is going to get back to action, could be Major League Baseball. And plans, stories have been swirling about the plans, rather, that Major League Baseball has for getting back to business. And Connor Jones and I are here to debate the merits of that, the safety of that, the um, the players and the league agreeing agreeing possibly on that a whole lot to get to i'm really excited to have this conversation conversation with connor jones because more likely than not he and i are going to come out diff on different sides of some of these issues so we hope you enjoy this conversation and we hope you're all staying safe as well hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the locked on nationals podcast our first edition of the month of april we took a little sabbatical so you guys could catch up because we were putting out content fast and furious there towards the back end of march I am joined by Connor Jones not to continue our prospect previews or our Nats 2019 rewatch, but we've got some news today from Jeff Passan of MLB.com, which is where this news has originated from, about Major League Baseball and its players in, in, in the league uh, increasingly focused on a plan that could allow them to start the season as early as May and has the support of high-ranking federal public officials who believe the league can stay can safely operate amid the coronavirus pandemic. Though the plan has a number of potential stumbling blocks, it has emerged above other options as likeliest to work and has been embraced by MLB and the Players Association leadership who are buoyed by the possibility of baseball's return and uh, the backing of federal officials, sources said. So the plan, sources say, is also uh, would dictate that all 30 teams play games in stadiums with no fans in the Phoenix area, including the Diamondback Stadium, Chase Field, and 10 spring training facilities, and perhaps other near, nearby fields. So I'm imagining uh, high school fields with uh, Major League Baseball games. That would be amazing. Players, coaching staffs, and other essential personnel would be sequestered at local hotels where they would live in relative, relative isolation and travel only to and from the stadium, sources said. Federal officials at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention as well as the National Institute of uh, Health, have been supportive of the plan that would adhere to strict social isolation, promote social distancing, and allow the MLB to become the first professional sport to return. 
your surface thoughts on all of this, Connor, as as you kind of read through this. So my first thought is kind of that you listen to it and you see that there may be some support from the public health officials. I do see how it can be plausible for the players to safely play in May. The I, I'm just not sure that players are going to be willing to make all of the sacrifices that it sounds like are necessary for them to, for it to be safe for them to play. So that's that's going to be a discussion because I think, I mean, theoretically, do I think they could play games and not put people at extreme risk? I think it's possible. I mean, I don't, not to say I'm an expert on the subject, but I, I can see the plausibility in it. But I also, it's hard to ask players to be confined to the ballpark in their hotel for four and a half months. So I don't know if, if there's going to be necessarily much buy-in from the players on that, but I guess we're going to find out. Right. So when you talk about the players, a few things come into play. First of all, the money. And, um, you know, they obviously want to get paid. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, Major League Baseball did say that they're, you know, they're counting service years here. Um, would that mean the players get paid? I didn't think they would if they didn't play, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's really all been worked out. I think that it's hard to to see players collecting full salaries if they spend the year not playing a single baseball game. I don't think that's going to happen when there's no revenue for the franchises. I I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see it that being the case. I think that if you start games earlier, the players would make more money. It seems it seems to me that's how the situation would work. My question comes in because we were talking about this earlier today, and your initial thought is, you know, like, Maybe I'm probably going to be willing to do that if I can make eight figures, if that's the, you know, even if right. things maybe not be perfect. But at the same time, I don't know that even that salary is going to make it make players want to play when it comes to maybe they're making sacrifices like they miss the births of their children. They're away from their family that way. Right. So maybe at that point, the the money is no longer a deciding factor when it comes to to things that are going to matter more to the players than the game. Yeah, and I mean, you know, especially from a Nationals perspective, you think about it, I mean, it's one of the oldest teams in the league, right? So this is a team that's got a lot of players that have families and, young, you know, they have young children. And so when you think about that, it starts from an outsider's perspective. This starts looking less like a baseball thing and more like you know, some kind of odd social experiment, right, where we're, we're isolating these players and they're away from their families. And yes, they are away from their families for a long period of time, too, but you know, it's going to depend player to player, right? I mean, you're going to have some guys who are like, yeah, if you're going to tell me it's safe, where do I sign up? And, and I'll go and do it. And then you're going to have a lot of guys who are going to give pushback. And, you know, I think the Players Association at the top level, it sounds like, is pushing for this to work. But you don't know if it's got the um, necessarily the approval of all the rank and file players, right? You know, a lot of the other guys. That's what we're going to have to see here in the next couple of days. And I think you're gonna. I think a lot of guys are gonna wait and see to give their reactions. That would be my hunch, because I think there's a, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of questions raised. My first one is this: Look, we all know this time is very challenging, and uh, we're lucky that Postmates wants to make it a little bit better. And for me personally, Postmates has helped my family, uh, my brother. I'm not with right now. I've given him this. Promo code I'm about to give you all. My parents and I have used it while we've been stuck in quarantine here at home. My grandparents have used it while they've been quarantined, and they are situated in southwest Virginia, keeping safe, and they're older. They want to limit interaction. This is going to help them do it. Postmates has really uh, stepped up here 
during this time. If you're like me, you're probably starting to think about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of to deliver to. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it, Postmates has got it. So no more trips to the store. No more late-night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get everything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners 100 How can you guarantee that you're going to be able to isolate this large number of people when you count baseball teams plus support staff? I'm wondering, are you having that same question? Because I was listening to a boxing podcast the other day, and they raised those questions about keeping things keeping the people um, for a boxing fight isolated. And then, uh, you know, that's a much smaller group of people. Are you having that same thought about, look, how are we going to keep all these guys completely isolated? Because at some point in time, I don't think it's all going to work. Yeah, it, it does seem kind of hard. It seems like there's a lot of logistical issues that go with it. I think the really my main takeaway from it is the league is pretty committed to getting back and being able to play. My guess is that, in this current iteration, I personally, I don't see that Major League Baseball playing games in May in Arizona with all uh, 30 teams there with no fans. I personally don't think that's going to happen. I mean, as a fan of the game, would I like to see it happen? Yeah, I'd like the games to come back as soon as possible. But like you said, it's hard to isolate that many teams for that long. Um, there's just a lot of logistical things that, that come with that, especially when uh, some projections, I guess, or some people have said that Arizona's peak is going to be early in May with the virus. So uh, d- when would the start date? How do you know what would be a good start date? When can the players kind of ramp up training? There's a lot that goes into it that I just am not sure. I'm not sure it's going to be feasible. I think what's more likely is that the season starts later in June or in July and teams mm-hmm. at that point, I could see it being more of a possibility that they could play games in their home stadium. Yeah, and I I think fans is the one point where it's like, I think you and I are probably in agreement on this. It's going to be a long time before we see fans at anything, like at any any kind of sport, any kind of gathering, concerts, whatever it is that you enjoy doing. And I don't mean to be a, a damper on this, but the good news is this. I think you and I both believe that we're going to see baseball played this summer. The bad news is I don't know if we're going to see ba- fans at baseball games this summer or this fall either. I'm not I'm not as convinced that there's uh, like basically I'm not fully bought in that there's not going to be fans at games this year. Okay. The only reason I say that is because you look at the models for the virus and like this is not me coming from a perspective of saying I I have a great understanding of it. It's really coming from the opposite perspective where we see all sorts of models and they seem to be so far off. It's just like do people the people really have a sense of where we're going to be two months from now in right. in two months is it possible that games can be played in the summer um you know without large spread and overwhelming the healthcare system I, it's possible i i think that i mean especially later in the summer maybe july august i don't know if it's going to come back and cause more problems in the fall and winter next year but i mean i could see there being uh some sort of possibility but i think overall there will be games played i don't think 
the first time. I don't think the first time we're going to see Major League Baseball again is going to be at spring training in 2021. I think we'll see it before yeah. then. I think I'm not as convinced there will be fans. I still think there's a possibility of it. I think also, too, that Major League Baseball could get some cover here from the UFC. And as somebody who's pretty plugged into that, I mean, Dana White has gone full speed ahead. And I'm not sure if you've seen this, Connor, but he's even gone and reserved a private island so that they may have, you know, they may have fights. And, you know, when you when you think about, like, how crazy that is, um, you start thinking about some of the medical issues like the hospitals. And, and then you think about baseball players, too. You know, like, they start playing. And, look, if, if they get injured, they're going to need to go to hospitals. And so, that you know, that's a situation where those guys could be subjected to um, to the virus. And so when I start beginning to think about all these logistics – it just, it's such a, you know, it's a Pandora's box, it feels like. And also, too, one question I have is we keep hearing about the shortage of testing. Do you have any, and, and, and I feel conflicted about this, too, because, one, I think sports is essential to the American psyche. As somebody who works, you know, for Sirius XM and covers Big 12 sports, I believe sports are a very important part of whatever us getting back to our new normal will look like. But I'm also very concerned about the safety of every of everybody else and Look, if we're having a tough time getting tests, I don't know how good I feel about having a bunch of players that were safe beforehand now risking themselves going back and being around people and getting tested for the sake of now being able to get the game or you know, get get on with the game. While there's, I, and I know people personally. I, I know I've, I've told you the story about you know uh, one of our my childhood friend's mothers who was not able to get a, a get a, able to get a test and told that they had the flu even though they tested negative for the flu. I mean. I don't know how I feel about baseball players getting being the ones who get these tests. Well, it, I think that the assumptions made when they consider bringing Major League Baseball back is that tests are going to be more readily available at that point. And it sounds like it sounds like the number of tests like that's something that they're making far uh, at least pretty relatively uh, quick progress. Strides, on. Yes. So if you look at that, where that's going to be five, six weeks from now and they'd need it, maybe they're going to be in a position at that point in time. I still, I think may, may be ambitious for, I believe, I believe so to get started, but uh, maybe a few weeks after that, I, that's when I more see the possibility of of getting going again. Cause I, at some point these leagues, I mean, you can't, I don't think, I I don't think it's going to be a situation where every pro sport in America sits around and waits until 2021 and waits for 18 months or however long it's going to be for a vaccine. I don't think you're going to see them wait that long. I, I think that they're going to wait through this, this initial, you know, wave. It's what's obviously a very unfortunate time, but I think as soon as they can, they're gonna they're gonna push the envelope a little bit to get back to get back to playing. I mean, it's it's a it's an industry where the players only have you have such a limited lifespan as a player, your career um, that I think you're gonna see guys, players, and and everyone around the league try and make it happen. Obviously, they're not gonna put you know people's people's health at risk to do so, but I don't think you're gonna see. I don't think we're going to have to wait until the next calendar year for sports or for baseball again. Okay, so now I want to go to these some of these on-field things, okay? So implementing an electronic strike zone to allow the plate umpire to maintain sufficient distance from the catcher and the batter. What, do you, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's just a, that's a kind of an extreme thing to do. 
I mean, that seems like it seems like there's all like all these things are just like major collective bargaining uh, questions, just like all through the the proposal. So I think there's just way too much to work through. I that's a that's a tough thing to start with. It really it, I don't think that's ready for the MLB as of yet. No, it's uh, not. I mean, yeah. it's only been tested what in the Atlantic League, I believe, a couple of, maybe a couple other leagues. I be, I know one minor or one independent league had it for its All Star game. But besides that, really, we haven't seen a whole lot of it. Yeah, I I have a hard time seeing that happening, and I think it'd be something that really frustrates the players when they come back. No mound visits from the catcher or pitching coach. <laughs> that, that's more doable. I've tried to limit those as is. Still would also be weird. I mean, if your guy's getting rocked out there. Hey, coach, coach expect, is yelling from the bench, being like, hey. Hey, you expect that do. visit? That calm down visit from the catcher, from the pitching coach, that's to give him a minute to breathe. That's out the window. Um, I'm sure pitchers wouldn't love that. Seven inning double headers, which uh, with an, an earlier than expected start date could allow baseball to come closer to a full 162 games. How do you feel about that? I don't feel. I, I don't know why they need to play 100, close to 162 games yeah. that bad if they're going to play seven inning double headers. Like, just play like a hundred. Local TV contracts? That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, but like. Seven inning games, double headers. How often are you going to play? Like, how many how many guys are going to be needed in the rotation? How are they going to expand? Like, how are roster sizes going to expand for fourteen innings of play a day? Right. No, and uh, this is a conversation I had with Nash, Nash Walker of the Locked On Twins podcast. You know, last week, and we were we had we had the same exact questions. We were saying, look, like. You know the seven inning double headers, and I mean they're so they're so obsessed with getting near that. Well, like your team's gonna sit there and just be like, our team's gonna sit there and be like, well, it's a shame this offseason we didn't go out and sign our eighth starting pitcher because. Well, yeah, I mean Connor, some of these guys we've been talking about in the prospect preview are gonna find themselves on a major league roster a lot earlier than they expected. The Nats might be sitting there like, well, why would we bother signing relievers? Like there are only seven inning games. The Nats have been asking for this for years. Yeah. Trying to play seven inning games, and now we finally get to. I know. I could help, could help the pitching this year. Uh, regular use of on-field microphones by players for an ad, as an added bonus for TV. Now this is this is something that's completely unrelated to coronavirus. That's or, or, yeah, that's fine. We're, we, we've I already mean, players, I mean, at this point, if the game's already gonna be that ridiculous, where guys are six feet apart from each other, um, I mean, guys might this, need mics to speak to each other in their <laughs> new version of the dugout, which is the stands. So. So this is where we get to this. Players sitting in the empty stands, six feet apart, the recommended social distancing space, instead of in a dugout. That has zero chance of getting approved. Am I, like, right? Yeah, I mean, like, so what are – when guys come back to the dugout after an at-bat and they're talking to their teammates about what exactly. they saw up there, are guys going to be, like, screaming it from row B to row C? Yeah. <laughs> what's that going to look like? I agree. I'm I'm with you on this. Like, And also, too – the idea of like you're gonna play a sport and we're gonna acknowledge social distancing, those two things do not go together, right? I mean, like it's not tennis, this is not golf. I mean, you're playing a sport where one person throws a ball with their hand to somebody else who hits it, and somebody else is gonna feel that ball and grab it with their hand and try to tag somebody else, and like what? Like you know, can people get leadoffs from first? You know, is like, or are they gonna recommend that everybody gets a leadoff from first? So you're you know, you're six feet away from the from the first baseman? I mean, this is. It's absurd. Not yet. Not to, not to make the virus sounds like it's or sound like it's not as serious as it is. But if you're if you're good enough to play games a month from now or a month and a half from now, if guys have to be six feet apart, 
in the stands, like that just, it doesn't seem necessary. Like if you can play and you can quarantine your players or isolate them or whatever you have to do, like, it seems like you're, it seems like you can play the game because I mean, what happens when there's a ground ball right next to second base at the shortstop fields and flips to the second baseman for a double play? Like they're going to be less than six feet apart. Well, they're going to be touching the ball too. I mean, it's, you know, this thing passes, you know, and can stay on surfaces from what we heard. Like also too, if, if that's the rule, if you think you need to put that in place, we probably should not be playing. Like, if that's something that we feel like we have to have, and I don't know if it's a sticking point, but, like, if if we're talking about that, I mean, look, we're talking about playing the game again. I mean, you can compromise it in certain ways, but you can't compromise it in that way. Like, what, we're going to say, you know, if the NBA wants to get back, you know, we can't, like, no post play? It's got to be all the perimeter passing, cutting out? Like, no, it's this is part of the game. You know, guys have to, like you said, coming back from a bat, they have to talk to each other catchers have to visit their pitcher for mound visits. Now, do they have to hug while they do it? No, but, like, you know, they don't want to be loud and be heard. So this is one of those things that they have to work out and, and think, of like, come on, we have to be rational about how this looks. The batter, the catcher, and the home plate umpire are going to be close. It's the nature of the game. The catcher ain't backing up. The hitter's got to be on the plate, and the, and the umpire needs to be right over the action, right? Yeah, I, there's – there's a lot of things in this proposal that just make me think it's just not a thing that's going to happen. Because, like, I, I don't think that we're going to see games like this. I think that we're going to see games in June in actual stadiums without, like, extreme precautions necessary. I mean, like, if you look at the models, like, look at where, the like, the, the virus seems to statistically be heading, like, that seems possible to me. Like, at what point... What is the safety level? That's also my question. Like, what's the number of cases out there where it's safe to have sports? I, that, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know what, like, n- like people that make those decisions are necessarily looking for. So I don't, you know, I don't, it's hard to say. Because I, I, I don't think we're going to see sports come back in some iter- some extreme iteration like that. I think it's going to be far more. Maybe there's not fans in the stands, but I think the process of it is going to be much more similar than to to what we've seen in the past with how a baseball game goes than a proposal like this. Like I don't think we're going to see Juan Soto in row D of the stands and Adam Eaton in row F. Like I, I, that's just not how where I think the players are going to be situated <laughs> during a major league game. Yeah, and then I want to get your thoughts quickly on on some of the other sports. I mean. Mike Gundy's comments, and look, I understand Mike Gundy saying, and you have to understand something too. Coaches are just wired to be like, you know how they are, especially college football coaches. They're, they gotta be active. They gotta be on their grind, and it's probably super weird for them not to be. Mike Gundy saying that we have to get back to football, and May 1st is the day he wants everybody back, like, and he's, you know, he said the 18 to 22 year old kids are gonna be fine. They're gonna be healthy. Well, if you're just, I mean, they're kids too, so they might make a mistake and go interact with somebody. I thought Mike Gundy was a bit short-sighted and, sh- and should have taken a step back and should have waited kind of for the league. Like if you're going to say stuff like that, I want to make sure the league is on board. Like the Big Twelve, Bob Bowles with the commissioner being on board. Look, nobody wants sports back more like more than me and you. But I, like, what do you what do you think of Mike Gundy's comments? Because I think all this stuff is kind of coming up right now where guys are pushing, pushing to get sports back. Yeah, I think people are kind of pushing to get it back. Um, I mean, I guess it just, it depends on like who you are, what sport you are and kind of, in kind of your perspective on it. It's hard for me to say or to 
to look at someone else's comments and their viewpoint on it because it's my the tough thing I have with it is there doesn't seem to be any like reliable projection or understanding of where things are heading to the point where we can make we can make an assumption like to me the last few days have seemed like statistically they seem a lot better than what we expected Mm -hmm. so I think that maybe some of the original thinking maybe it's much more positive than that a week and a half ago I kind of was looking at it the opposite way it's like well this actually seems like it could go on for way way longer of a time than we initially thought so it seems like things are are constantly changing and and I guess you just everybody just kind of has to sit back and see what happens and stay away from each other and make this thing go away because that's the main thing that I think everyone wants to happen (laughs) And to that end, I gotta ask you about what Dana White is doing. I'm not sure how much you've been keeping up with it, but the idea, and they're going to an Indian reservation in uh, California to have their fights on April 18th, um, and they're gonna have a private island. I mean, there's no hospital there. The the athletic commissions are not gonna be overseeing this. The ringside visit, the Association of Ringside Physicians came out today and said, "Look, we don't advise any combat sports go on until we hear anything further from the CDC saying." Hey, you know, or they, they come to us and say, Hey, you know, uh, you can think about getting back to work, but the selfish fan of me wants to see some kind of sport, right? I would love if UFC 249 went off on April 18th. Like, I think you enjoy that too. You're not even a huge UFC fan, but you like to see something live at the same time too. The fact that you're going to, to an Indian reservation where you know there is less government oversight, doesn't that show that you were kind of running from oversight? You're kind of running from what is best I, I i'm not i haven't followed it that closely in some ways i'm like well that just seems that seems overly aggressive and probably shouldn't be done <laughs> in some ways i i look at it and be like wow i kind of i kind of respect that so i i see why people have serious problems with it i also think it's maybe not in the best way kind of funny that that's happening Right. No, I know. I understand. It's, it is a bit extreme. I mean, he's getting, I mean, he's renting a private island so he can have fights. And so, I mean, for a guy who said, you know, we've always embraced regulation. I mean, you're completely at odds with that comment now. Like you are doing the two things, going to a private island and going to an Indian reservation that allows you to run as far away as possible from any, any type of oversight. Aren't you? It sounds like he's running a far away away from the virus though. So that's, that's at least precautious. <laughs> And I'm not trying to say, like, you know, he can't do it. I mean, the, obviously the fighters that are fighting are not, like, being forced to do it. You know, and the fighters are crazy people anyway. So, like, I mean, they're kind of all in on this. But I just, I don't know. I think that is, like, there's a certain point where just it's a little bit too aggressive. And to me, Mike Gundy and Dana White have crossed that line. I don't feel like Major League Baseball has crossed that line yet. Yeah, I don't think anyone's crossed that line. I don't think, really, I don't think anyone's crossed that line as of yet. Maybe besides Dana White, because he's, he's, uh, gonna go on with something that maybe, maybe he shouldn't. Whether he should or not, <laughs> I don't really know. But if he shouldn't, then maybe that's crossing the line. With, with everything else, like, it hasn't been brought back yet. There's some things that, I mean, I think we're gonna pretty safely see. Like, I think it's gonna be, I think it's pretty safe to assume we're gonna see golf tournaments in the summer. I think yeah. it's, I think it's pretty safe to, I mean, it just, some sports are harder to bring back. Like football, I mean, you have so many fans in the stands. Guys are up so close to each other. Who knows? And, uh, and I mean, we should give a round of applause, right, to the golf, to the, to the, uh, the golf squad. They did a really good job. And I've been getting emails about stuff being canceled. 
the major tournaments are not all canceled what it looks like. They've all picked out dates later on that they can run their tournaments. The Masters got a date in November. Um, I believe the PGA Open, uh, the Open and the U.S. Open all have alternative dates for their tournaments. Yeah, they so yeah, the U.S. Open PGA Championship and um, the Masters all have dates later, uh, the late summer in the fall. So I think at that point we're definitely going to see those tournaments. I'd be pretty shocked if we didn't. Really, I'd be, I'd still, I'm getting to the point where I'd be surprised if we didn't see football in the fall as well. Um, baseball, I think that we're most likely to see that in. I'd say a start point, I'd see it more mid-June. I think that the 162 games thing, I, I just don't think that's necessary. Like, that's not what matters to me. If we have an 81-game season, I'm fine with that. Uh, like, obviously, next year, I don't want just 81 games. I want to go back to games every single night. But for now, based on the situation, I think if it's up to me, I, I, don't, I know there's financials involved. I'd sit there and I'd just I'd, – I'd play nine-inning games. I'd play once a day like normal. I don't think I'd want guys out there for 14 innings a day while they're also <laughs> isolated and they can't see anyone. Like guys are going to go crazy. It th- like that just sounds not fun at all for the. Players. Are you sure? Are you for a shortened season with? Um, how about a shortened season with an expanded playoff? Yeah, I, well, I'm not even a fan of the expanded playoff, but I'm I'm overall. Are we just talking? about 2020 no, just this year yeah just just why not why not if we're gonna have an odd season why not have a bit more fun with it in my opinion yeah i mean like this year is already going to be kind of a it's just gonna not even be like a normal because the schedules are going to be all so unbalanced like how do you redo the schedule like everything's going to be kind of it's really not going to be a fair situation in, in that sense of it. It, it people are just gonna have to live with it like we'd rather have games than not right. have games so some people are probably going to get some teams are probably gonna get the short end of the stick with that and I, I mean, I mean, that, how do you remember that basket? You know, remember the basketball shortened season that we had to a work stoppage. I mean, we don't look back on that with like awful disdain, do we? I mean, we we you know, like we acknowledge, like it's not gonna, it's not the end of the world, is my point. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna look back on it and think, like, if the Dodgers won the World Series this year, I don't think we're gonna be like, well, that one doesn't really count. I don't think that's how we're gonna look at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Weird times. Yeah, it, it's unique but as far as seven inning games twice a day that just i mean that's gonna that's just gonna beat on people yeah and and that's this is my question of like how long are you is the mlb gonna have the support of medical officials if they did if they didn't do that stuff like have the players in the stands six feet apart like i'm wondering where the input like, like i understand this the idea of quarantining them all together does have the support of public of of health officials, it seems right. We're we're there with that. Now, if you take away some of those recommendations about in the game stuff, you know, is that is that baseball stuff being said, or is that still having the input of health officials? And would they turn off if you said no to the stuff that obviously can't be done? That's my big question moving forward. Yeah, I, who knows? That's where that's where it's you need like a a special, you know that that select demographic to really weigh in on it, I guess I was thinking about it uh, from the perspective of if they're playing seven inning games twice a day, how often are like, I'm really stuck on this point for some reason. Cause it's yeah, just no, it's this is one it's of the, the parts that seems like it'd be wild to me. Like how many times are guys going to get up relievers and get hot twice in one day? Like <laughs> how are, how are you going to manage your relief pitchers schedule that there is nothing 
like what they're used to for their entire careers before this. Yeah. Like, if it's last year and you have the Nats bullpen after they transferred, traded for Daniel Hudson, how many times, how many days, or how many times in like a week span would he get up in the bullpen and throw? Like 12? Yeah. 12 times? Like in a normal season, you, it's not possible to do it more than seven. But if there's two games a day, I mean, like at what point, like how do you use guys? That just seems like it'd be really tough on a, on a manager and on on players that are going to really want to go out there and help their team. But, you know, maybe it's it's it might not be advantageous to do so. So your prediction is mid-June, mid-June probably early July or mid to late June, early July return for baseball. Yeah, I'd probably say mid June. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be with teams at their home stadiums. Empty stadiums, you think? That's a coin flip. I, I think in the I, beginning it will be. Yeah, but I don't know. In in June, I just don't. I'm not sure how many cases are going to be out there. Like this is now we're at the point where I'm just sitting here guessing on something that I right. completely yeah, that's fair. is far is way out of my ballpark, but. Yeah. I guess it's just weird because because we're sitting here in these times and, and it's it's just weird for me to think about uh, a ballpark having fans when we're in the midst of this and, and like you said I mean things have had have made a bit of a better turn as of late and especially in spots like New York City I mean things you know and they were really gosh they were they've been dire and still dire in a lot of ways but it's just weird to be for us to be sitting here in week whatever of us you know getting close to I guess around a month now. You know, and thinking about full stadiums, you know, it's just, I guess it's, that's, that's the hard part, you know, and look, that's based on nothing scientific other than that observation I've just made to you of saying, well, we've been at home and, you know, you and I have only been able to say each other a couple of times and distancing in our driveway. And it's going to be hard for me to, you know, it's hard for me to see you and I going to Virginia Tech here in a couple of weeks and, or, you know, a couple of months and going to see Tech play Penn State and, and with 67,000 other people. And I guess that's that's where I'm coming from. I think it's going to – I think that's going to happen. I, we hope if you would ask me a week and a half ago, I would have said that that's not going to happen. At this point, at this point, you look at the – I feel like looking at those models, it's like – I have a hard time just seeing football yeah. getting skipped four or five months from now. The only thing that I'd find concerning about that is the potential cold weather having a – Having the virus, right. you know, make a, a we got, yeah, we got to see how the virus plays out. All right, Connor, I appreciate your time. This is a fun conversation. Hopefully, you know, it gave people a little bit of hope because I mean, I'm starting to feel hopeful. I'm not sure about you. Yeah, I definitely feel hopeful. I mean, you just kind of, it's just a situation where it is what it is. People have to, I guess, just try and do the right thing, and and hopefully we'll get back to as normal as we can here as soon as possible. All right, sounds good. We appreciate you guys for listening to the Locked On Nationals podcast here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you check out the Locked On MLB podcast, as well as the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. All of these great podcasts, part of the wonderful and spectacular Locked On Podcast Network.